Welcome to African American Conservatives, the soul of the conservative movement, your source for news and commentary from a cultural and right of center perspective. African American Conservatives. Welcome to African American Conservatives, the soul of the conservative movement. I'm your host, Marie Strader. Happy New Year. As one of your New Year's resolutions, and I have issues around resolutions, but do make it a plan to go to acons.substack.com, and there you will find our commentary, you will find links to this podcast, and all of the things that we do, all of our social media platforms, everything. So please do bookmark acons.substack.com. Without further ado, our guest, our first guest of the year is Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. Lieutenant Colonel retired Alan West is an Army veteran having served 22 years in uniform. He's a former U.S. Congressional representative representing his former state of Florida, but we're lucky to have him now here in Texas. He is the former chair of the Texas Republican Party, and is the current executive director of the American Constitutional Rights Union. He is the author of three books and host of the Steadfast and Loyal podcast, which you can catch right here on Substack at allenwest.substack.com. He is the, he, Additionally, he is currently a candidate for chair of the Dallas GOP, and he's the grandfather to two of the cutest kids on the planet, Jackson and uh, Levi. Welcome back to the show, Alan. Thank you so much for having me, and uh, Happy New Year. Sorry that I'm the only person you could get to kick off your New Year. <laughs> you are the best person to kick off the New Year with. Thank you. So according to the Federation for American Immigration Reform, mm -hmm. in fiscal year 2023, uh, we saw the highest level of illegal immigration in United States history. Mm -hmm. The state most affected by this wave of illegals shockingly, is Texas. Yeah. Many outside of the state do not comprehend how this issue impacts our state, nor the estimated $13 billion or more illegal immigration costs our state, uh, costs the, Ameri the uh, Texas taxpayer. Mm -hmm. So can you expound on this for our audience that doesn't understand the mm -hmm. enormity of this issue? Well, sure. Uh, and 2023, now we have already seen in the first three months of fiscal year 2024, a record number of almost 785,000 illegal immigrants in the first three months, like I say, of fiscal year 2024. And December 2023, which is the last month of the uh, first quarter, first fiscal year uh, 24, you had about 308,000 illegal immigrants come across into the United States of America. And, and so this is out of control and it continues to be record upon record upon record high. And this is undermining the sovereignty of not just the state of Texas, but the United States of America. But if you're in the state of Texas, 
I mean, here as a Texas taxpayer, number one, it is having an effect as far as the, the education tax dollars, property tax, you know, uh, you know, assessments, because now all of a sudden we have to educate people uh, that are here illegally and they don't have English as any type of language whatsoever. But even when you look at this political gimmick and uh, the optics of Governor Greg Abbott putting people on buses, that costs uh, anywhere from about three to five thousand each. Uh, illegal immigrant. And you're talking about, again, tens of millions of dollars being spent, paid to these bus companies. And oh, by the way, there's some reports saying that some of these bus companies are, you know, big donors to Governor Abbott. So they're making money <laughs> hand over foot as well. Uh, and you're just exacerbating a human trafficking issue. You know, we live here in Dallas County, but then you also have Houston Harris County, two very big metropolitan areas in the United States of America. And we're in the top five for human and sex trafficking. And I will tell you that, you know, recently going out and about, especially over the uh, the Christmas holiday season, you know, Angela and I were seeing a lot more uh, Hispanic women out on street corners, some with their babies and backpacks, some with the front pack, some of their kids uh, just sitting right there beside them selling flowers. And we know where that has come from. These are women here illegally. The cartels have put them out there to try to earn back their keep that they have to pay back to the cartels. So we have a constitutional crisis here where we're aiding and abetting the undermining of our country and no one is following the rule of law. And it's costing taxpayers, like you say, billions of dollars here in the state of Texas. And I'm sure it's going to be even more so the, the loss of lives with fentanyl and other things that we see. That's absolutely right. Now, the Biden administration, their response is to threaten to sue Texas for mm -hmm. the umpteenth time, uh, this time over a new law that uh, will permit state police to arrest people suspected of being illegal here illegally. What is your take on this controversial law, which critics say will lead to harassment of Texan people of color? Uh, I'm a Texan person of color and I, I don't feel harassed. I feel harassed because of the fact you're allowing illegals into the, into this state, uh, many of them, uh, drug members, but I want you to think about this. There was no need to create a new law because article four, section seven of the Texas state constitution says that the governor of Texas as commander of the Texas military department. Uh, you're supposed to repel invasions, two words, repel invasions. And I find it very, uh, laughable quite humorous that you have a federal government that wants to sue a state because the state is being put in danger because the federal government is not doing what the Constitution of the United States of America tells them to do, which is to protect every state in the union from invasion, Article 4, Section 4. And then Article 1, Section 10, Clause number 3 of the Constitution says exactly what the state can do if actually invaded when there is imminent danger without any purpose of delay. Those are the words that the founding fathers put into the Constitution. So I think it's time that we have some somebody has to stand up and abide by the rule of law. It's not about busing people. It is about telling people you cannot come in here. Uh, we had a piece of legislation that would have been a very good border security piece of legislation in the Texas uh, legislative session just this last year that would have created a Texas border protection unit. You could take the current Texas State Guard and repurpose it. You can go out and look at a lot of these retired military veterans that are here in Texas, and you can give them the opportunity to be part of that. You have a state militia that could be trained and, and be effective in between the ports of uh, entry, which is where we see the biggest problem. Amen. And that bill failed.
in the state of Texas. So I don't think that there are people even here in the state of Texas in elected positions that are seriously uh, serious about rectifying the situation. No, by the way, Marie, why did it take Governor Abbott till now to sign something into law, which still doesn't take effect until the 1st of March in this year? So uh, I, I think it's a much ado about nothing. Uh, and we still we haven't even talked about the, the spending on uh, in-state tuition for illegal immigrants here in the state of Texas. That's that to me needs to be revoked. Well, you know, I have a little bit of bias about the answer to your question about why now. Mm -hmm. I think it's because your candidacy for governor pushed him to do some things personally. That's just my opinion. You know, I, <laughs> I'm entitled. You but, are. uh, you know, there, there are quite a few things that you espouse that, oh, all of a sudden seem like brand new ideas. So, you know. Well, we still haven't gotten to the point where we're going after cartels. Right. We, we, we still have not done anything as far as these NGOs that are here getting taxpayer funds, uh, revoking their 501c3 status here in the state of Texas. We still haven't created, you know, border con control zones and a uh, taken over operational control of the board because there is the only people in operational control of our board is the cartels. Uh, and, and still, we have not done anything toward that effect. And the tax status of these stash houses and all Absolutely. of the, You talked about that. I mean, you did a, several chalk talks. And I'll just say right here, right now, I don't care. I'm biased. You need to go to Alan West's YouTube channel and see the chalk talks that he did and all the trips to the border that he's made. He knows what he's talking about. So go to Alan B. West TX at YouTube and you'll see all of that right there. Now, another major story of 2023 is the continuing glorification of the terrorist group Hamas by mm. the left, including celebrities, pundits, YouTubers, even members of Congress. How did Israelis become the bad guys to so many Americans? It's the propaganda. Uh, I, I mean, when you go back and you look at the uh, House uh, Committee on Education, Virginia Fox set up that that uh, hearing and you had those Ivy League professors there. That's how it happens, because we are fostering it on our, quote unquote, intellectual campuses, these colleges and university campuses. And it goes unabated. Uh, anyone that is out there advancing the cause of a terrorist organization, a designated Islamic terrorist organization, uh, they should be the ones that are brought under scrutiny. They should be the ones uh, that are looked at as domestic terrorists because they're aiding and abetting terrorism. And if you are a member of the United States House of Representatives and you are supporting Hamas mm -hmm. and, and uh, repeating their propaganda, uh, I tell you, not just being censured, but you need to be taken off of all your committees. Uh, and the Ethics Committee needs to look at you being removed because to me, this is treasonous. This is a, an Islamic terrorist group that on October the 7th killed Americans and still holding Americans hostage. May, maybe they're, they're dead. We don't know. But when you look at what is going on in our streets, it, somebody needs to step up and say, you're not allowed to do this in the United States of America. This is not freedom of speech. Uh, which is what, you know, Claude Dean Gay and these other people tried to say, you know, conservatives don't have any freedom of speech on these university campuses. So how is it that people that support a terrorist organization can have freedom of speech? It's not freedom of religion because it's a terrorist organization. And this is an organization whose charter, whose very basic for existence is a genocide of the Jewish people. 
and the destruction of an entire recognized nation state. So if, if there was a group of individuals that were saying this against the United States of America, but these same folks say, yeah, that's absolutely fine. We champion that. So it's a lack of knowledge. It's great propaganda from the other side. Uh, and we have these useful idiots, as Vladimir Lenin would call them, and mindless lemmings that continue to advance this propaganda. And no one is stopping them. Shameful. You wrote... Quote, I intend to ensure that my two grandsons, the aforementioned adorable grandchildren, <laughs> Jackson and Levi, always look forward to Christmas. I want them to live free and will guard will safeguard the same for their grandchildren. What say you? Never again should we have American politicians rewriting the Christmas story. Never again should we have Islamic terrorist supporters disrupting Christmas. Never again means it ain't happening. Are we serious about bringing that to fruition or shall we allow the jihadists to take over our streets? Ain't happening, end quote. Now, how do we stop doing that? Well, again, if you are out there uh, advancing the, the cause and the propaganda of a designated terrorist organization, you should be arrested. And if you are not a citizen of the United States of America, you should have your visa revoked and you should be deported. If you are a citizen of the United States of America, you should be charged with at least a misdemeanor offense, maybe a third degree felony offense. It was absolutely disgusting to me that on Veterans Day this past year, we saw these uh, jihadist supporters climbing up on uh, streetlights and poles yes. and ripping down the American flag and replacing it with the Hamas flag. That's what that flag is. It's a flag of a terrorist organization. And so when you hear about trying to block the Christmas tree lighting in Rockefeller Center, when you hear about going out and attacking carolers, when you hear about shutting down, you know, access to airports and during the holiday season, we should not allow this to happen. And, and again, you know, Angela and I have been to Bethlehem. We've been to the place of, of Jesus's birth. And for us to have witnessed in this past Christmas season, no one was allowed to visit Bethlehem. It was shut down. Now, to me, that is disturbing, and we should not allow that to occur. And the people that are in control of Bethlehem, Fatah, the quote-unquote Palestinian Authority, which is no more than the PLO that was started by Yasser Arafat, that sends a clear message that we don't respect other faiths. We don't respect other beliefs, and we will cut you off from this very important day in the Christendom. So uh, I, I think it's important that we start to, to hit back against these organizations that are operating freely in the United States of America and say that you cannot have this support to terrorist organizations. And shame on Representative Ocasio-Cortez, who took the Christmas story and tried to reshape it and yes. use it for propaganda to advance uh, what Hamas is doing. Absolutely shameful. And, and no censure. None. No censure whatsoever. Yeah. Ilhan Omar, none of them. It just, it, it goes on and on and on. A, rec, uh, a recent Harvard-Harris poll uh, reports that 51% of young Americans believe that Israel should be, uh, should be ended, eradicated, and given to Hamas. Mm -hmm. And young Americans are a key Democrat constituency group. Are polls like this affecting Biden's policy toward Israel? 
Yes, it is, because this is a very important demographic that he needs for his reelection. And so that's why, you know, blink, blink, uh, we stand behind <laughs> Israel. But let me send Tony Blinken over there. Let me send uh, Lloyd Austin, Secretary of Defense, to try to put the kibosh on, on Israel. You know, hurry up and stop this thing, end this thing. Look, uh, Israel is responsible for the safety and security of its citizens. And, and I think that they're going to make sure that Hamas goes away. But again, it's, it's sad that, you know, our young people don't understand history. You know, last year, the uh, Jewish nation, the, the Jewish people celebrated uh, a happy new year, 5,785 years. Happy new year. America, you know, the world, 2024, America, 247 years. So Israel has been around for almost six uh, millennia. Now, when you go back and you look at the calendar of the Islamic world, their calendar starts at 622 AD, which is when Muhammad left uh, Mecca and conducted his hijra to go over to Medina. Uh, they have nowhere near existed as long as Israel. Uh, so this whole thing about, you know, Palestinians and Palestine, that word is, as you know, we did the history of Palestine and, and, and we talked about that and did a, a podcast on it. Uh, that comes from the punishment of the Roman Emperor Hadrian, who decided after the Simon Bar Kokhba revolt that he would eliminate the name of Judea and replace it with Syria, Palestina. Uh, that's how that word got introduced. It's a region. Uh, you know, Mediterranean merchants and sailors once called that region the Levant but we don't run around and talk about Levantinians. So again, we need to understand history. And there was a two-state solution that was decided. It was supposed to be mm -hmm. Israel and Jordan. And yeah. guess who decided they didn't like that? <laughs> the exact same people. Yep. There have been five different proposals. And every time the proposal has been rejected. Why? Because what these Arab Muslims want in that area is the elimination of the Jewish people. That's it. It is not about land. It is not about creating some state. There is no Palestinian language. There is no Palestinian culture. There is no Palestinian currency. They're just Arab Muslims. And I think that sooner or later we have to get to tell that truth. You know, it's interesting because in one of our Bible classes at church, we've been studying Old Testament uh, prophets and we just finished the book of Esther. And mm -hmm. it was interesting because, as you say, people don't understand their history. You know, people perish for the lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about how, you know, when uh, the king Azahuras wanted to uh, eradicate or it was Haman that Haman, the, yeah. yeah, it was Haman, but you know, he signed off on uh, King Xerxes, he signed off on it. Um, but they were talking about how the uh Jewish people were given the right to defend themselves, and that's something mm -hmm. that pr uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu has allowed, has allowed people to be able to have the Second Amendment to be able mm -hmm. to uh protect themselves. And mm -hmm. so, you're right, this whole kind of history repeats itself, and we just have not learned from that. Well, I think uh, George Santayana, the Spanish yes. political philosopher, said those who fail to study history are doomed to repeat it. And how interesting it is. I mean, when people talk about why is there a Second Amendment here in the United States of America, just look at what happened on October the 7th uh, in Israel. At the time of October the 7th, you only had about 2% 
of uh, Israeli citizens that were weapons, firearms owners. That that number has increased, uh, and, and they're doing everything they can to facilitate reducing all the restrictions, like telling people they can only have, you know, X amount of bullets and things of this nature. But that's where the uh, the progressive socialist left would like to take us here. They'd like to disarm the American people. And then, of course, you become a subject. You become, you know, open to all types of uh, violence and, and activity and actions, especially here in America, where, as we talked about with the border, you're allowing terrorist entities to come in. We have single military aged males, known and unknown, that are occupying this country. Uh, we are looking at, you know, defunding police and reducing our police forces. So who are supposed to be that line of defense? The founding fathers meant for us, uh, us and y'all. <laughs> the American people to be the, that line of defense because then you can be a citizen. So I think that Israel sadly had to learn that lesson about why the United States of America, why the founding fathers gave us the Second Amendment, because perhaps it would have been a different story if those uh, Hamas uh, terrorists had come across that uh, border, that gate into Israel, and they were met by a well-trained militia being necessary for the security of a free state. That is what it says in our Second Amendment. That's how it starts. That's absolutely right. Now, it's surprising or maybe not surprising because Joe Biden campaigned on saving the soul of the nation, <laughs> yet he's not been visible in condemning the rise of anti-Semitism. Yeah. What do you think about that? Look, the party of anti-Semitism is the Democrat Party. The party of racism and white supremacy is the Democrat Party. We talked about this in one of our podcasts called The Party of Projection. Uh, when they call everybody else extremists, they're the ones that are extremists. So, uh, you know, I don't know why anyone would expect you're going to get different results from this Democrat Party. Joe Biden is looking and the left, they're looking at numbers. Number one, they need the young people and the young people are disillusioned. They're looking and seeing that young people are upset because he's not doing more to, to put the hammer down on Israel. So he's not getting their support. They're looking at Michigan, which is a key battleground state. That's the home of Rashida Tlaib mm -hmm. and, of course, Dearborn, Michigan. And all of a sudden that constituency is angry with him. So how do I make sure that that constituency stays in my corner and and uh, I can not lose Michigan come uh, November of this year. So this is all about politics and political calculations. On the surface, they have to look like they're supporting Israel, but truthfully, their heart is not about Israel. Now, what you see happening, now finally the Jewish community is awakening. And even these very leftist Jews are starting to realize that these guys don't have our back. These guys are allowing my child to be threatened on college and university campuses. These folks are allowing my children that are going to Jewish day schools to have to worry about being attacked and we have to have increased security. These people are not allowing me to have my freedom of religion because now we have to have extensive security at our synagogues. And they're allowing more people to come across the border illegally. And we know they're coming in from states that are on the terrorist watch list, nations yes. that are on terrorist watch list. So hopefully, again, people can wake up and see that the Democrat Party is a party of anti-Semitism. You know, that's absolutely right. You know, coming from California, as I do, uh, I have a lot of friends who are liberals. And I have been shocked since 
October the 7th to see some of the posts that they've been making where they sound just as conservative as you and I. <laughs> and I'm just like, what is this? Because they have been deeply offended that, that this anti-Semitism has been allowed this free reign on campuses in these protests, as you said, mm -hmm. you know, replacing our flag with the Palestinian flag, all of these kinds of things. Um, it's been shocking to see that these folks are starting to get fed up. And yeah, that's well, what happened with, with, with us, with the black community, seeing that, no. you know, these blocks of illegals have been, you know, uh, are now the Democrat, the, the demographic that the Democrats are seeking after as their voting block. Well, that's the real replacement theory, isn't it? Uh, when you're bringing in tens of millions of people in here illegally. And, and let's put this into some semblance of perspective. Uh, Joe Biden has basically brought in more illegal immigrants than there is almost a share of the uh, of, of the black population in the United States of America. Yes. I mean, we're only like 11 to 12 percent. And we're always stuck on 11 to 12 percent because, number one, they're killing us in the womb. Mm -hmm. That's the purpose of Planned Parenthood and Margaret Sanger. Number two, they're allowing us to, to kill ourselves in the streets because they don't want to have law enforcement. So the gangs are doing it. They're allowing the drugs to, to kill us as well. And they're taking away, you know, future educational opportunities. And now you're bringing in an, an entirely uh, new voting block. So. Yeah. I, I mean, when you look at Chicago and you have uh, blacks that are showing up and criticizing mm -hmm. a black mayor saying we don't want these people in our neighborhoods. We don't want them in our communities. You know, we don't want you setting up a shelter and taking away playgrounds for our kids, even though we can't allow our kids to go out to the playground because they make it shot. Uh, and I think the Hispanic community is the exact same way. We came here legally. And we're mm -hmm. hardworking people. Why are you allowing people to come here illegally? And oh, by the way, they're coming into our communities and they're causing us all types of consternation and they're creating all type of mischief and violence within our our, our community. So uh, all of this is backfiring against Joe Biden. You see it reflected in the poll numbers right. where his numbers are lower in the Hispanic community, numbers are lower in the black community also. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Now, Prime Minister Netanyahu has declared that uh, three prerequisites for peace uh, are the destruction of Hamas, mm -hmm. the demilitarization of Gaza, and the uh, de-radicalization of Palestinian society. Mm -hmm. Are these goals realistic? Uh, realistic or not, they have to happen. Because if not, then you're going to allow the same cancer to, to return. Uh, and so that's why you have to treat this cancer. You have to eradicate the cancer. And I think that you're looking at the, the near term, the destruction of Hamas. You're looking at the intermediate term. You have to demilitarize, you know, these uh, areas to include the West Bank as well as Gaza. And then you got to look at the long term. You've got to make sure you de-radicalize individuals so that they're not being taught every single generation that you've got to go out there and kill Jews. You know, if you go to uh, Memory TV, that's the Middle Eastern Media Research Institute, M-E-M-R-I TV, you will see the things that are, you know, propagated on these television stations uh, there in the Middle East uh, and how they, you know, demonize uh, the Jewish people and, and how they justify. I mean, I saw a clip where a Muslim woman was saying that those Hamas fighters had every right to, to rape those young girls and, and to right. rape those women. Yeah, because that's what it says they're commanded to do. 
uh, because they're infidel women. And if they're captured, they're just, you know, they're their slaves to do whatever they wish. You, you go back and you look at the testimony of some of those young Hazidi uh, girls and women, uh, how the ISIS fighters were taking them and raping them and using them for their savage and barbaric purposes. So we've got to get to a point where we have this de-radicalization uh, because you've got to bring about a form within this, uh, a reform within this thing called Islam, or else it's just going to continue to, to perpetuate itself into a new generation. Absolutely so. Now, the Houthis, uh, one of Iran's many surrogate terrorist groups, mm -hmm. have been attacking vessels off Yemen, quote, to prevent Israeli ships of those heading to ports of occupied Palestine uh, from passing through the Red Sea, end quote. Recently, United States helicopters have been forced to sink these Houthi ships after the Houthis attempted to board a commercial vehicle headed to Israel. Uh, and Iran has uh, refused calls from the United States and Britain to cease their support of the, of the Houthis' piracy. Could these attacks force us into a larger conflict with Iran? Well, look, uh, the reality of your enemy has to become your own. Uh, eventually it will. And so Iran is the number one state supporter of Islamic terrorism. That's, that's reality. And Iran is fostering and vomiting and vomiting and resourcing the Houthis, uh, Hezbollah, Hamas, Islamic Jihad, all of these entities. So eventually you have to go after the capability and capacity of Iran to isolate these individuals. But sadly, this Biden administration has enriched Iran with, uh, you know, oil revenues and things of this nature, or even like Barack Obama did, sending them flat out mm -hmm. cash, you know. So I think that the message has to be sent to the Houthis, uh, what you saw with those U.S. naval helicopters, is that uh, we're not going to tolerate this. You're not going to threaten international sea lanes of commerce. And wherever these locations where they're firing rockets from, they need to be eliminated. There are some people, Marie, and, and I'm going to say this very bluntly, the only thing they understand is strength and might. You can talk and you can say, we're not looking to escalate anything. Why would I ever tell my enemy what I'm not willing to do? Uh, that, that's like being in the football game and say, you know, I'm not willing to run the ball on second down. Well, then they, they know exactly what you're gonna do every second down. Uh, so I would not let people know what I'm not willing to do. I want them to believe that I am capable of doing everything to protect uh, the safety and security of the international rule of law. That is absolutely right. The United States Army will soon cut approximately 3,000 positions at Army Special Operations Forces, uh, in our Army Special Operations Forces, in part because of the historic recruitment shortfall that we've discussed previously, mm -hmm. and in part because of a desire to focus less on terrorism in the Middle East. In light of what's been happening in the Middle East as of late, is this a wise decision? Look, the Secretary of the Army, uh, Christine Warmoth, is an idiot, okay? I, I don't know how to put it any other way. Uh, she is not about warfighting capability and capacity. She's more about DEI, gender dysphoria, and all this other silliness that's destroying our military. If you want to make our military lean in fighting, then if you're going to reduce manpower, reduce the manpower in the Pentagon. Reduce the manpower in some of these higher headquarters. But you should not be going out there and cutting down into the bone marrow of our fighting force. 
So, I mean, right now, when you look at the fact, when I came into the Army in 1982, 83, uh, we had 18 divisions, 18 combat divisions. Now we're down to, you know, really maybe about nine and a half, you know, if you talk about full strength capability. And now you're going to take our special operations capability and you're going to reduce that. Do you know how long it takes to make a person a Green Beret, a, a United States Army special operator? It takes a year and a half, almost two years. So when you talk about cutting 3,000 uh, special operators, uh, I mean, it takes a while to, to replenish that, to rebuild it. And then you put on top of that, how many tens of thousands did they boot out because of the COVID thing? And, and some of those were special operators as well. So again, we have an administration that's not focused on our you know, national security and safety and security and our national military strategy. And Russia sees that. China sees that. Iran sees that. Uh, Islamic terrorists see, see, see this, that we're willing to cut our special operation forces. But oh, by the way, you got to be able to address people with their proper pronouns. Speaking of, I read just last week that the Space Force, the Space Guardians, are the latest to embrace the transgender ideology. Yeah. And amazingly, and amazingly enough, they are one of the only military branches that's meeting recruiting levels. I mean, the newest and the smallest. Uh, it, it's appalling, Marie. And, and my prayer for 2024 is that we can make it to November 2024. <laughs> and the American people will pull their head out of their you-know-whats, and they can make sure that they get rid of this administration. Because right now, all of our enemies see that this is their window. Between now and November 2024, now and the end of this year, to make all of their advances to go out and attain as, as much uh, of their goals and objectives. Uh, because if America were to try to correct itself politically, they want to put us in an untenable position to come back in and dislodge them from what they have been able to do. Now, another conflict that's been dominating much of the news uh, in the past year, in 2023, is the one between Russia and Ukraine. According to Politico, the focus of the United States and European allies has shifted from a Ukrainian victory to helping Ukraine lose gracefully with Russia claiming parts of Ukraine. What are your thoughts about this shift in strategy? Uh, it's, it's appalling. And, and again, it feeds into the reason why Xi Jinping is talking about making uh, his moves against Taiwan. Look, Back some time ago, Ukraine asked for MiG fighters. We should have given them the MiG fighters. If Ukraine can control its own airspace, have air supremacy, air dominance maybe, then you don't have to worry about Russia having terrain there. You can inflict massive punishment against them. Uh, and, and so it's, it's this surrender monkey attitude is what is emboldening to Russia, to China, to Iran, to North Korea, to Islamic terrorists. And it's the exact same thing that I think Hamas is depending on is that eventually the United States and others will put the pressure on Israel and Israel will just back off without the full destruction of Hamas. Uh, and, and so we just don't have that same level of commitment. We don't have that same killer instinct that our opposition has. And somehow we've got to get leadership that understands that. You want to be respected on an international stage by your enemies, you got to be willing to thump them upside the head. <laughs> 
Now, one nation that was relatively quiet in 2023, but is making up for it now, is North Korea. According to USA Today, quote, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un has uh, ordered his nation's industrial and military sectors to prepare for war with the United States, yeah. citing unprecedented uh, confrontational activity in the United States by the United States and its allies, end quote. What is behind this sudden, very loud belligerence from North Korea, in your opinion? Uh, pull up a picture of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, and I'll <laughs> explain it to you. Look, you know, I'm not, look, I've been in combat. I, I've been, you know, to deploy. I am not one of these, you know, neocon, let's go fight everybody type of people. But I understand this. Uh, Ronald Reagan talked about peace through strength. And if you're not exhibiting strength, if you're exhibiting weakness, you're not going to get peace. Uh, and furthermore, you know, I grew up in the inner city of Atlanta, Georgia. And the way that you deal with a bully, you're eventually going to have to pop the bully in the nose uh, or else the bully is going to continue to take your lunch money. And you're going to be sitting around in the afternoon in class falling asleep because you're starving. So we, we cannot allow that to continue to happen. I'm not talking about we run around and look to pick fights all over the globe. But we have to show some modicum of commitment and strength to preclude those that are looking to pick fights all over the world. Now, what's your reaction to the edict issued a few days ago from Maine Secretary of State Sheena Bellows <laughs> that President Trump would not be allowed to be on the primary ballot in her state because, in her words, he, quote unquote, engaged in insurrection? Well, first of all, I mean, she's an unelected bureaucrat. She should not be able to make that decision for the people in the uh, in the state of, of Maine, especially the Republican primary voters. She is misquoting and misunderstanding Section 3 of the 14th Amendment of the Constitution. The reason why the Section 3 was written is was because after the Civil War, when you had those members who were part of the United States Senate, part of the United States House of Representatives, or federal officials who had taken an oath to support and defend the Constitution, uh, when they decided to join the Confederacy, who actually took up arms against the United States of America, they were disallowed to, to come back and uh, once again be members of the House, the Senate, or be federal officials. Donald Trump has never taken up arms against the United States of America. And Donald Trump has never been uh, charged with uh, uh, insurrection. As a matter of fact, you look at the January 6th people that are rotting away in the gulag there in Washington, D.C. I haven't seen anyone that was charged and convicted of insurrection. And if the left wants to continue to try to use that word uh, politically, uh, I mean, they're failing. I mean, you want to talk about a real insurrection? All of these leftists that are out there supporting Hamas on our streets and shutting down, you know, traffic and things of this nature and threatening uh, Americans and occupying space on Capitol Hill as they did in the Cannon Office building. When you are supporting an Islamic terrorist organization that killed Americans, you're taking part of, in an insurrection. So again, I think that the left is just looking at anything they can do from a lawfare aspect to try to undermine the, uh, the democracy, the representative democracy of America. And again, they're the party of projection. When they talk about everyone else undermining, quote unquote, democracy, that's what they're doing. Uh, and that's exactly what the Colorado Supreme Court and the secretary of state up in Maine are doing. Uh, Article, I mean, the Section 3 of the 14th Amendment has nothing to do with President Trump. 
Well, you know, it's like Inigo Montoya in The Princess Bride. I don't think that word means what you think it means. Yeah. Uh, because didn't we see uh, groups uh, uh, who were pro-Palestinian in front of the White House putting uh, painted yeah. red handprints on the walls? And the Linda Sarsour, who was leading a, a demonstration right there in the Capitol Hill Rotunda. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't hear anybody charged with insurrection. In, no. in, in those instances, I haven't seen any uh, proceedings against them to to bring them uh, or, or to impeach Joe Biden for that because he didn't mm -hmm. come out and condemn it. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll, no. And, and I'll tell you, furthermore, if you really want to talk about treason and an act of insurrection, allowing millions of single military age males, yes. known and unknown, into your yes. country, that is insurrection because you are advancing and promoting uh, an invasion of your of your nation. And you supposedly took an oath to uphold the laws of the United States of America and the Constitution. Uh, that should be the person that is guilty of insurrection, guilty of, uh, of an offense, and should be impeached. And that's Joe Biden. If there's anyone that should be knocked off the ballot, it's Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Absolutely so. Now, how can our audience uh, continue to follow you online and follow your work. Well, uh, the Substack page, you can follow me also at the American Constitutional Rights Union, the ACRU.org. And I will tell you that eventually we have to get back to defending our constitutional rights as opposed to the leftist uh, advancements of ideological rights over those constitutional rights. Uh, you can follow me on all the social media platforms except for TikTok because you know who controls TikTok and I'm not down for that. Absolutely. So if you're just joining us, our guest this segment has been Lieutenant Colonel retired Alan West. Thank you so much for being our guest today. And this is the part of our show where we bring in DK. DK, come on in. Hey. <laughs> 